Three unhoused people died every week in 2022 in Toronto. Death toll still unknown after fire tears through illegal Airbnb in Montreal. The Royal Ontario Museum fights for its right to have had the COVID wage subsidy and Cyclone Freddy's death toll rises. Good morning. It's Monday, March 20th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. New data from 2022 from the City of Toronto shows that more than three Torontonians died per week who were unhoused. That equals 187 deaths. Now, if you think that sounds bad, compare it to the year before that, when 223 people died. 2022's numbers were an improvement, but not really, as these numbers have still been higher than between 2017 and 2020, reports the Canadian press. Most of the deaths, 47%, were a result of toxic drugs. Sadly, the second most common description of death is unknown or pending. This is followed by 10% cardiovascular disease and cancer at 5%. The vast majority of the deaths were men at 77%. The median age for a homeless man in Toronto is 55. For women, it drops even lower to 42. That's 55 for men compared to 79 in the general population. And for women, 42, 40 fucking two compared to 84 is the median death age for women in the general population. Now to Montreal, where the death toll is still unclear from a fire that broke out in a heritage building in the Old Port. Mathias Marchal from Radio-Canada reports that seven people are still missing as of last night, but one body has been recovered. Recovery has been made impossible due to the structural weaknesses of the fire-damaged building. It was built in the 1800s and needs to be demolished stone by stone. The building had 14 residences and one business. There were illegal Airbnbs operating out of it, which has made identifying the victims difficult and has also made identifying the body count difficult as it's not clear how many people were actually staying there. One of the victims, Charlie Lacroix, called 911 twice from inside of the building. She didn't make it out. The fire alarms weren't working. Another resident who did escape was awoken by the smell of smoke and a fire escape wasn't working either. The building is owned by businessman and lawyer Emile Benamour. He owns 15 or so rental units and some houses in Westmount. And in 2021, he was found guilty of tax evasion. He's also gotten in trouble for other buildings that he owns that were not up to code, like one apartment turned into a rooming house where 15 rooms only had access to one emergency exit. There must be two. And that exit didn't actually meet the code. This tragedy is shining a light on Airbnb in Montreal, especially in old Montreal, where it's illegal to rent out apartments to tourists. Regardless, there are still hundreds of illegal listings. The city hasn't enforced their own regulations. Inside Airbnb, a group that monitors this says that 92% of the 13,900 locations in Montreal are illegally rented out. Now to national news, but some news that focuses on the Royal Ontario Museum in Toronto. During the pandemic, management at the ROM used the emergency wage subsidy to help buoy its budget. Like all public attractions, the museum took a hit when COVID-19 shut everything down. 
You'll recall the wage subsidy was there for anybody, we were told, to pay their employees and keep them on payroll. If you access the wage subsidy, you subsidized the wages of the workers working for you during the pandemic. Well, during the first couple of months of the pandemic. But CRA insists that it was illegal for the ROM to have taken this money. In total, they accessed $13.4 million. The argument is that because ROM is a public agency, they were not eligible to receive the wage subsidy. And CRA is correct. Public bodies were not allowed to get the wage subsidy. That's why you had a corporation like CBC Radio Canada getting no money to help keep the lights on during the pandemic, while Bell and Rogers were handed more than $100 million each. But the ROM is arguing that it's not exactly a public agency. It relies on grants, admission fees, and membership dues to operate. The battle is now in court, reports Sheila Wang from the Toronto Star. And it's high stakes for the ROM because the money that CRA is trying to recoup is more than a sixth of the museum's total revenue in 2022. If there was ever an example that best illustrates how COVID aid money was first and foremost intended to enrich the private sector while ravaging the public sector, it's this. The best that public institutions could have hoped for was pandemic pay premiums. Those, of course, were paid to many hospitals, but also many private sector health agencies as well. But to draw blood from stone in this way from Canada's largest museum, who absolutely and obviously needed the help to keep the lights on and who obviously paid the money out to its employees just as it was intended to, is absurd. This is absurd. The wage subsidy was intended to keep Canadians employed. And that's exactly what it did in this case. Uh, Except, I guess, it wasn't intended to keep people employed in the public or parapublic sectors. Anyway, we'll have to keep our eye on what happens and whether or not the courts side with the ROM or the ROM has to find $13 million somewhere for CRA. Though, let's be clear, there is a political solution in this as well. And the federal government could very easily say, you know what, CRA, give the money to the ROM. Though, I doubt that they're going to do that because there is a lot of public agencies that struggled a lot during the pandemic and that did not have access to that money. And finally, the longest cyclone ever in recorded history has stolen at least 522 lives. It's been raging since February and has hit Malawi, Mozambique, and Madagascar. Cyclone Freddy first made landfall in Madagascar on February 21st. It has hit Mozambique twice. Malawi has been hardest hit, where the death toll there alone is 438, according to Al Jazeera. The country is in a period of national mourning as a result. Before the cyclone hit, Mozambique and Malawi were both in the midst of a cholera outbreak. Flooding, it's feared, will aggravate waterborne illnesses. Cyclone season for Southern Africa typically lasts from March to April. Those are your headlines for Monday, March 20th. I'm Nora, and it's Monday. I hope you have a great Monday, and I hope you have a great week staring you down.